It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sikama here with you on a beautiful Monday morning. With me is TDN's Women's College World Series softball beat reporter, Benjamin Solak. Ben, ben, how was the weekend for you with these softball games? They were actually pretty wild. Dude, it's it like uh, here's the thing. It's very easy to get very quickly invested in this. And oh, like, no question, no. And question. like, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you I'm watching every regular season game that Oklahoma plays. I'm not. Like, it's football season, and then it's draft season. But right after draft season, where like work is at its lowest. I randomly turned on one of these games three years ago, and like I just got into it. Like I do not enjoy baseball; I never really played that much. But I got into it because it's just so easy to to get some rooting interest. These players are so intense, and the games are so close. Um, but yeah, I didn't get nearly the amount of work done that I wanted to get done because Saturday has four games in it, and it just ate up all my time. There was a, a delay too, so I was up at like one a.m. watching the end of one of these games. It was a lot of fun, dude. Softball is a blast. Like, if y'all are out there, and if even if you're, like, remotely baseball fans, I enjoy softball more than I do baseball. Like, I'm totally with Ben. Faster pace. It's a much faster yes. pace. And, like, the, the, the staunchest baseball fans will admit that. Like, you're allowed to, like, like baseball. But one of the main complaints is the lack of speed. No, you're speed. not. Not on this podcast. Yeah, not on this podcast. I agree. But, like, you know, if you, like if, I'm never going to be like, listen, you have to like softball. If you don't dig it, you don't dig it. But, like... When I see some of the clips of some of these plays that these people make and how hyped their teammates get, it's so pure, man. I love it. I eat that sort of stuff up. And so, yeah, I have, I have a great time with it. Softball's great. Just pick a random team. If you graduated from a university, just just root for that team. And if not, just you know, start watching. Yeah, Florida will let you down because they let me down all the time. Happens, you know. But uh, we're here to talk about running backs this week. We talked about quarterbacks last week. We're going through our summer scouting series. I said that pretty well, I think. And this week we're on running backs. There, I'm kind of worried, Ben, because we got to like 15 quarterbacks last week. We got to get to like 25 of these running backs because this this class is so much fun. I don't know how much you knew coming into it. Obviously, we kind of like know the names because we are lovers of college football. We watch college football. And sometimes it's tough because we might be scouting certain conferences or teams or things like that, but... Man, there are always certain guys that just always make it to your highlights, always get in front of your eyes no matter what. And the three guys that we're talking about today, I think are absolutely three of those guys. We're starting off with Travis Etienne from Clemson. I mean, there's no way whether... Is it Etienne or Etienne? I believe it's Etienne. Okay, I I prefer Etienne because then I feel like it's more accent and cool. But, but I don't... because. I like saying is? things with accents. Yeah, yeah that's ETN, fine. I hear you, but I think every time I've heard it on a broadcast, and broadcasters often go through phonetic things with SID people before the game, so I would mm-hmm. assume that they know how to say it, and I've heard ETN the most. So Right. Listen, if you either way, get, if you I'm going to learn how to fancy. say his name. I'm going to learn how to say his name at some point, trust me, because, woo, buddy. Hello. Young man, 
can skew. Can skew. Young man can skew. This Travis Etienne might honestly be the fastest player in all of college football and one of the fastest players that we've just ever seen. I mean, there are times when this dude puts his foot in the ground and he just takes off and he just hits a gear that I've just seen few football players ever really hit. Listen, I... I'm here to tell you comfortably, we haven't seen a running back with this level of linear explosiveness and then long speed uh, three years at least. Like, like three years is like my like good memory for scouting a lot of guys. And like, I thought Dalvin Cook was fast and explosive when he came out. I watched one game of Etienne, or Etienne and I said, we are on a different fucking level. Jiminy Christmas. It's, it's, it's crazy too because, you know, sometimes you'll see players with, ETN's speed, maybe for like 40 yards, right? Like you can get, we've seen guys in the past who can really put their foot in the ground and just get upfield. Um, Dalvin Cook is a guy who I remember where when Dalvin was fully healthy at Florida State, there are some runs that he has where he just like puts his foot in the ground and just goes. But it only goes for about, you know, these guys run out of gas. The difference with ETN is he doesn't run out of gas. The dude is a true like track sprinter who will sprint. 100 yards on your ass like he will not let up there is no looking behind him slowing down going out of bounds like making sure he just doesn't get tackled awkwardly this dude is beating you to the end zone that is his finish line every single time and that's the part that even beyond his speed we have seen like I said we've seen some freaky athletes with some freaky straight line speed before but I have very rarely seen a guy be able to maintain this gas pedal like he can it's crazy dude and like we talk about like like we talk about running back value a lot right it's a huge prevailing like conversation the last couple years of like football media and football twitter whatever if you cannot break explosive plays for me if you can't turn eight yard touches into 80 yard touches if you're really yeah right you just you just become like, 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 there's, there's a lot more of you. Like, you can be a really good guy getting those eight-yard carries, and I respect that. But there's a lot of guys who can do that for me, and that's what brings your value down from a draft perspective, from a contract perspective. ETN, you can already tell, is going to be an exceptional guy. He's going to be outside of that umbrella. Because when ETN gets into the third level, pray to whatever gods you believe in. <laughs> Because I swear to goodness, and I wrote ETN was my was my piece we're recording on Sunday was my piece today. The, the kid's a walking home run. He did. Oh man. heavens to Betsy! I mean, the, the, these plays against Pitt. There's a play against uh, against Notre Dame. Even those plays against Alabama. Angle Buster. The, I've the way- never seen anybody just dominate angles the way that exactly. this kid dominates it's, angles. It's- I'm a linebacker. I'm a safety. I've taken 10,000 angles to 10,000 running backs when they get into this level, when they break outside, when they're running this outside concept. And so I take those first two steps the way I always have, rote memory. And before I can remember who number nine in orange and white is, it's too late. Yeah. Right? Like, you take that initial flat step of that angle. Ask Jalen Elliott, the Notre Dame safety, who was like, this is just what I usually do all the time. And then Etienne was gone Insane, his long man. his explosiveness and then his long speed is really tremendous and it's funny because my number one complaint that i would have with etn right now outside of like usage stuff like involving him in the past game whatever is 
And this is so rare for me because I, as an evaluator, always tend towards these running backs who just make smart decisions in the backfield and guys who tend to get way too dancy in the backfield and guys who try to do too much and they put themselves at risk for TFLs. I tend to be averse to those prospects. So I've never said this about a player before, but like I'm willing for ETN to say, be a little more creative, yeah. be a little more willing to operate outside of structure because ETN, and, right. he runs like a one cut power back. It's just most one cup power backs are not four three players. Yeah, so right? they don't they don't have a, a one four something ten. You know what I mean? Like it's just an unbelievable explosive profile that he has, but he runs in the style of a guy that you expect to maybe look more like J.K. Dobbins does. So and that, so yeah, I'm and, willing to see him break away from structure a little bit more, attack space players, attack contained players, and, and work into green grass. Because if you make one guy miss. There's a big difference with ETN's profile of making one guy miss in the thickness, in the mosh pit of the offensive line, the defensive line, or making one guy miss in a ton of space. You know what I'm saying? So I'd be willing to see him really go outside of structure more, which I, I, it's rare for me to say that about a player. Well, the crazy thing is with, with ETN and why he is so alluring um, is the fact that you know when he was a freshman, he was basically just using his speed. like He was just a speed guy, but... Man, his his 2018 tape was so it was such a step forward because right there you, you talked about it. You hit the nail on the head. He runs almost like this one cut guy who almost likes to use a little bit of power in between the tackles, not afraid to get back up into the trenches um, and get into some contact. And you normally think, okay, this is a five foot ten, five foot eleven running back, about a buck ninety five. He's not that's that's not really where he's going to win. So you'd rather him get out in space more. And I'm totally with you in the fact that I'd like to see him be more creative in that realm. But the step that he took from 2017 to 2018, where he went from just being a guy with a crazy gear of speed to, dude, I watched some tape of him of 2018 where, like, he was flashing, like, Alvin Kamara balance. Like, this dude at, dude, at, at 195 yep. Yep. was taking on contact, bouncing off of it, staying up and getting yards. And I'm like, what in the—how did he—so, honestly, to, your, to what you're saying, I'm totally right. in agreement with you. That's the next step for him. And you want it, you want that light to come on, that creativity light to really come on this year. He's got technically two years that he could still be in college before he'd want to go to the NFL. And so you could say, okay, right. well, he's got two years to kind of develop that vision. But when you're a running back, you don't want the mileage, you don't want the hits, you don't want the injury, especially if speed is your game. And so that's yeah, that is the area in which I think ETN's got to take that next step. And I kind of have confidence that he certainly has that ability to because of how well he improved as a running back in an area that I didn't know if he was ever going to be that, right? We see guys with speed all the time, but how often do they develop the toughness through contact that ETN displayed in 2018? Not very often. That's and it. so that's that next step for me that I'm looking for him. Right. When I grade out traits, right, and I'm putting it in my grading scale, I'm grading traits like basically like zero to 100 that we rarely ever get below like you know 30 um but with if, if i if i'm gonna call your trait elite that means you need to be scoring 90 or above and atn's got scores of 90 and above in burst he's got scores of 90 and above including scores in the 100s for second level speed but he also got scores in the 90 for contact balance Crazy, for me, which shocked man. me shocked me right and this is there's it's keeping your feet tethered to the ground, keeping a wide base and always bracing for contact. He does such a tremendous job of that. And that's why 
I, I, I implore him to be more creative to get into space, but he's good in skinny gaps. He's good with his little sun legs. Yep. Really, really good contact balance. And then obviously, uh, he can hit 0 to 100 in a, in a moment, in a second. And I love the point you brought up about first year. I mean, he kind of wins, takes over the starting job from Tavian Feaster, who's also like a 4-4 guy. Um, but he takes over that starting job. They double his carries this year, and yet his yards per carries went up. He was his 7.3 yards per carry guy as a freshman. Nuts. He was 8.1 as a sophomore. Nuts. 200. There were two players last year with over 200 carries and over 8 yards per carry. And it was Daryl Henderson and this young man. Unbelievable. He's so, like, right now off of film, he's in a first grade, first round grade yeah. echelon for me off his 2018 film. And you I have was, a whole season. I, I was about to say that too. I'm, I was about 80% he done with the tape so. that I was going to watch of him before the podcast. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, Holy cow! I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have a first round running back in this class. Like I, I spent all Don't year and whatever, what it feels like. and I'm always talking about you know running back value and blah blah blah. And I'm like, dude, I'd take this guy in the first round. Wouldn't even think twice about it. Home it, run hitter. When you're a home run yep. hitter, it changes the perspective. Yep. No question. Let's get to J.K. Dobbins. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You brought him up a little bit there. You talked about him being a patient guy. Um, I was talking with Ted Wynn on Twitter when I was sharing a couple of Dobbins thoughts because I also did a little bit of a write-up on Dobbins uh, this weekend on Sunday, basically talking about how the outlook for him is going to be a little bit different. Got a lot of playing time as a true freshman, Dobbins did, which was two years ago in 2017. Had about 1,400 yards on the ground um, during his campaign there and had a pretty healthy yards per carry average. I believe it was right around six or seven, I think it's something like that. So he, he performed really well as a freshman, then took a step back Last year as a sophomore, had more carries, less yards, and then obviously less yards per carry as well. But there's context to that. And the context of it is Ohio State was running JT Barrett as their quarterback in 2017. A lot of RPO stuff, uh, a lot of read and react, a lot more focused on the run because JT Barrett wasn't a great passer. Last year, they've got Dwayne Haskins and... I've heard of him with before. him with him being the future first round quarterback that he was, they tried to establish their quick hit game not through the run as much, but actually through bubble screens and short passes and short slants to guys like McLaurin, Paris Campbell, that kind of thing. And so there were less RPOs, there was less threat to run, and there was overall less creativity in the run game. That allowed mm-hmm. when Ohio State actually did run the ball defenses to just key in on Dobbins knowing where the ball was going and that kind of you know there was a little bit of of, of a sophomore slumpish to Dobbins but not nearly sure. a dis- discrepancy that was the slide that we saw from the statistics and so Ryan Day now their new head coach he talked about what their off- offense is going to be like more of more so this year he didn't get into specifics but I can kind of project specifics a little bit off of knowing the fact that Justin Fields is now going to be their quarterback Oh, I Justin forgot about Fields that nonsense. Can be a runner. 
So it's going to be a lot more RPO stuff, a lot more creativity in the running game. That'll open up a lot more things for Dobbins, and I think that we're going to see from Dobbins a, a more cl- a closer to that 2017 production in 2019. I think we're going to remind it why this guy's a pretty good running back. But you were talking about some of his traits there. I wanted to kind of set the table for Dobbins. You talk about his traits a little bit there because you got into him before. And I'm glad you did because I'm sure there's a lot of people on both of our timelines who will see us in, in the first week of June sharing an episode about the top running backs of the 2020 NFL draft and go, what is the point of this? Like, come, like guys, it's 11 months away. But that is the point of this. That context is invaluable, right? Because we, you know, the, and, 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 and there's no like film versus analytics animosity here on this podcast, at least none that I'm aware of. But that sort of context is lost in things like breakout age, dominated rating, and market share that looks at, you know, yearly perspectives on how players produced, right? You're going to lose the, the impact of the change at quarterback in Ohio State's offense on J.K. Dobbins' sophomore season if you're not watching film and understanding how the concepts changed, right? And, and like you might even say, you know, Urban Meyer's gone for three games, and how did that change things? And so I love the fact that that's brought up because it, it, it highlights so well what makes summer scouting important. J.K. Dobbins, oh, young fella can play. Oh, he's a lot of fun now. Now, he's not at ETN's level. Uh, no one is. Well, I don't know about that. I, I, well, I, I, I just not, meant, I, I thought you were talking speed, like yeah. that kind well, of thing. Well, as a prospect right now, I want to watch some of these guys we've got coming up tomorrow because <laughs> DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, <laughs> it's a good class, brother. But, but Dobbins rocked up, and he's got that really – picky really slalomy sort of little slight little motions little changing my 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 stride length my step frequency little head fakes there's such a precision to that that's really just like beautiful objectively but also illustrates a player who knows he's not super elusive so and he's not super bursty so he's going to generate angles by messing with timing and messing with pacing that's really mature running for a sophomore i think it illustrates a guy who knows his ideal play style knows his strengths now dobbins I've talked about elite traits. He scored out elite for me on contact balance as well. Dobbins runs with his pads right over his toes. And like I said, short, he's like 5'9", listed 217 by Ohio State. Rocked up with natural leverage. So really, really good in those tight areas. Picking his way through contact. A bit of a pinballer, right? He can bounce off contact. Always ready for that next move. Things so far ahead. And then it's the, it's like I said, like the patience, but just super disciplined. I think that his his understanding of flow his ability to manipulate the second level his his anticipation for space is going to develop in between the tackles is really really nice Dobbins is not going to do anything stupid behind the line of scrimmage to unnecessarily lose yardage he's never going to think oh I can shake this guy because he's really not that elusive of a player so super measured and controlled now I brought up with ETN I need you to hit home runs Dobbins' lack of ability right now in the third level, Mm -hmm. you see very regularly he has an an alleyway. And maybe this is the disadvantage of being the guy I watch on film right after ETN. So I might be a little bit too harsh on him. But you'll see him. He has an alley. He has a forced defender coming his way. He can either try to beat him to the outside corner, turn on the Jets and get upfield, or cut back against him. And then he ends up in, in flow, right? When you cut back against a forced defender... You cut into the flow of the defense. And, and and Dobbins regularly chooses to do that because I don't think he thinks he can win that corner. And so we don't really have, we don't really have a bursty, explosive player here off of what I saw from 2018. He might benefit from getting a little bit lighter because he seems to be really strong in the lower half. I'm not sure how much mass he has to carry in the upper half, and that might bring his, his explosiveness up a click or two. But that inability to win that outside corner is something that concerns me right now off of his film. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, kind of the same concerns there. It's it's that that third level, that third gear is what you were talking about. And because I saw multiple plays from Dobbins where I thought he even had the edge to get a little bit more, and he would almost kind of run inside and just brace for the contact instead of get the couple extra yards, turn his head up field, and get whatever he could. But that's kind of just his mentality. I will say this about his vision. I really do love it. I, I, I don't know how many other backs are going to have the kind of vision that Dobbins has? And I was talking about this with, with Ted Wynn when we were discussing on Twitter. Big ups, Ted, front of the pod. I don't think, and, and Ted and Ted loves loves Dobbins' vision as well. That's what we were chatting about. I really do think that kind of ever since Ezekiel Elliott, and while Ezekiel Elliott was there as well, Ohio State's blocking concepts have been um, pretty, I guess I'll say like pretty complex for college level. Like they're not just running normal just, sure. just straight power. Or they ran like, they ran him same side counter a couple times, or same side power, I should say, against TCU a couple times, and he really he executed that very nicely. That's, run, that's a grown man concept. They'll run all kinds of split zones. You know, they'll have all kinds of pulling guards and things like that. Where you got to be patient. You got to know where the the space might be. You got to know what to look for, when to put your foot in the ground. Point, great point. And I think that Ohio State's offense naturally allows running backs to be smart and develop good vision. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to happen with all of them. But if you are a back that can really grasp that concept, I think Ohio State's offense will really let that shine through you. That If you have that trait, you'll be able to display it if you play for Ohio State. So a lot of things to like with J.K. Dobbins. The athleticism being a little bit of a ceiling kind of worries me from his NFL outlook. But I yep. think he's plenty of a productive player. I'm really excited to see him. Last guy. And the thing is, yeah, we're not even like there yet with Dobbins. You know, like athletic ceiling. Like we can get a feel for it, but he's got a whole year to put out sure. more, right. you know, tape and then train for a combine and really make himself into an NFL caliber athlete. So yeah. it's something to note. And, but I and never in June am I like, listen, this player's athletic athleticism is <laughs> gonna limit him. You know, well, you've always gotta know where you are in the process. I know he had pretty good numbers when he was coming out during recruiting, like yeah, the did, opening yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So like, but you gotta see that on film. You know, so he's got a whole nother year to do it. So I'm excited about that. Last guy we're talking about is A.J. Dillon. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The running back from Boston College. Um, dude's a tank. Dude Mary. absolute unit. two full hams for thighs. Unbelievable. Basically, and he's tall. Basically, basically, basically redwood trees below the waist there, just just he's on his legs. So, but he's listed 50 All right, he's huge. Two hundred and fifty. So yeah, pounds. what did you think about him? I, I'm interested to hear what you thought about him because there's not a ton of. I'll just I'll just let you go. Go ahead, go ahead. What did you think about him? Firstly, this is an angry young fella. And somebody said something to him a long time ago, and he hasn't let go of it or something. Man, he has some plays where he runs really fierce. And that's exciting because if you're going to be carrying 240-odd pounds, you better be able to use it. You better have – there better be a function to that mass. And one of my main complaints with Dylan right now is he'll square up a, a linebacker in the hole and look to spin. And I, young man, that's not your game. It just simply isn't. Like you, You're not – 
going to be successful doing that the way you might be successful dropping your pads and taking this guy for a ride. And I think you have to acknowledge that your body type, your athletic ability, that's just the, the play style that it informs. And so there, right now there's a, we talk about the marriage of, of, of skills and traits. Like you, you know, wide receivers, you bring it up all the time. I think like, all right, trait, deep speed, skill, ball tracking. Now we have a deep threat, right? Running back trait, huge, right? Power, lower body power, strength, skill, like you need to have the ability to like drop your pads, drop your hips and be willing to hit a guy. And sometimes Dylan doesn't do that. And that really is something that, that gets under my skin a little bit. Now, like I said, a He's taller stiff. guy, more upright. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. A taller guy, a more upright guy. It's a, it, it's, there's some good and some bad there. It's frustrating because he struggles to get his pads down and win with leverage, but he's got a big stride length and that's really big for him because when you see him win the corner, which is not always often, but Boston college put him outside a lot. When you see him win the corner, it's because he has those really long galloping strides. Now, he, I mean, he banks like a cruise liner, right? I mean, like it takes him several gather steps to stop his momentum. And like you said, he's stiff. And so he can't really turn his hips when he stops his momentum as well. And so you really are looking right now at a guy who, if you're not running him under center regularly, if you're running him out of shotgun and you're trying to get him on flow, ugh, I just think that's a poor usage for him. So he's, I think... There's a role for him in the NFL where he'd be a successful running back. I wouldn't, like, you know, he's not a top-tier guy. I think that a lot of the guys we watch on day two are going to grade out better for me off summer film. Um, but there's a role for him. You have to run a lot of power stuff from under center, and you have to let him get a runway to build up the speed and to hit a guy. That's just the profile we're dealing with right now. A fun player to watch, but NFL translation, I mean, there's a reason there aren't many 240-odd backs left in the league. It's just not not the way the the – doesn't make sense for what, what we're doing right now as an as offenses. Yeah, so uh, you you might have you might have some secret tape that I don't I don't have access to. I'm not sure. You might be holding out on me, but on now I want to give con- a little bit of context to Dylan because I know a lot of people are going to watch him, especially going into this 2019 season. You're going to watch him 2018 tape. If you're a YouTube guy who who mainly uses YouTube as your way to get tape, which is totally fine. I mean, like that's how a lot of us do what we do. I believe there are only two or three game cut-ups, like game cut-ups yeah. of A.J. Dillon State right now. Florida and State and Miami. Miami. Those are the two games. And UMass. So I did not I didn't so I didn't watch the UMass one. But yeah, me neither. I will say this with context with Dylan. Dylan suffered a high ankle sprain in the Temple game. Miami and Florida State happened after the Temple game. I did not and know this. I will tell you. Go watch his, uh, even if it's just highlight films of him before that ankle sprain in 2018 and go watch his 2017 stuff. He is not nearly as much gallopy at the sidelines and he trusts those ankles and cuts way better than before he got that high ankle sprain. I'm really glad you told me this because yeah, if he can, if he can take literally two less steps gathering when he's trying to cut, we're talking about a whole different player because then he can execute outside zone. Like if you get like regular linebackers, like NFL sized linebackers trying to flow and stop with this guy. I mean, he's Navarro Bowman size for God's sakes. Like right. he's gonna be able to knock some of them off the rock. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's huge context. So thank you. Yeah, no. So that's it. It was the, it, I mean, it's an, it's an injury that forced him to miss three games and then, you can ask literally any running back. When you get a high ankle sprain right. in the middle of the season, you're not the same guy. You will not be the same guy basically for the rest of the year. And that is what Dylan was. I'm just saying, you know, I don't want to, 
we, we're going to have a whole other year of tape to gather. So watching highlight films of guys and seeing what they're capable of is totally fine at this point. Go back, not just you, but everybody, if you're watching Dylan, watch that 2017 tape, 2018 tape, or the beginning of the season 2018 tape because that dude moves way better um, laterally and he has way more trust in that ankle. And you can see that very evidently because I watch, I'm the same as you. I watch those two games, the Miami and the FSU game. Didn't watch the UMass one. But I watched those two, and I was like, oh, man, there's a lot to like about this guy. But, you know, holy cow, just when he gets to the sideline or when he's getting away from the tackles, takes him basically four steps to gather and then cut up. Yep. And at that point, at that point, how big you are as a running back, you know, 250 pounds is cool to say that, but you're so stiff in what you do, it's not too big of to an advantage, especially if you if you have to lose all your momentum to change direction, that momentum in size inertia or whatever you want to call it it just doesn't it doesn't aid you anymore so, i like you said inertia or whatever you want to call it as if there's like something else beyond inertia i don't know momentum uh <laughs> whatever whatever it is science um so that's that a little context there aj Dillon's really fun i think i'm gonna write him up this week i think i'm gonna do like a full review right. of kind of like who he is and so you know what this all just circles back to we need a better database of college football injuries and we need to force coaches to actually report what yeah. injuries are and when they happen yeah yeah you do because unless you've kind of figured that out luckily like i did i think i was either reading an article about him or it right. might have i mean just if been... it's not yeah like you need to like be either aware of it in season or find something that was written in season because there's no good database for when players get injured yeah i will also mm-hmm. say this I am not. I don't know, Ben. If you are, are you a guy who listens to music when he when you're watching tape? Depends on what's going on, but typically, yes. See, I'm, and Joe thinks I'm crazy for this. Joe always watches or listens to music when he is grinding the tape, if you will. Trademark Kyle Krabs. I can't do it because I can't focus nearly enough. As I can't focus as much as I want to about kind of the details of when I'm when I'm listening to music because a lot of times it's just wow. like fun songs. I get it, Trevor. You're a better scout than me. No, 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 no. You great point. You being able to multitask probably makes you a lot better of a scout than me. However, I will say that because I don't listen to music, I often listen to the play-by-play guys who are doing the games, and right. that's where I found the detail on AJ Dillon and his ankle injury. Is now I remember that I listened to it because the play-by-play guy said it. And so, look, if you listen to uh, if you listen to music when you scout and that's how you grind through it and that's your thing, that's totally cool. But I'll just say there are advantages to not listening to music when you're watching game film because you can sometimes pick up these little nuggets on guys that give you a little bit of context of either like a background or where they're from or something they like things like that. Mm-hmm. And I always like uh, I always like learning stuff like that about prospects. So. Nope. When I wrote that Kurt Benkert piece in the 2018 NFL draft about yeah, his good. uncle passed away, that was off of hearing the broadcast guys talk about it. And I was like, oh, shoot, I should probably talk to go. Kurt about this. There you go. Stories. Stories are a big deal. It's not just about stats and the scores, guys. It's the stories, Yeah, but also, too. how else am I going to jam? I See, I don't listen to enough music, I feel like, but a lot of my free time is, is, is doing this, and I don't want to listen to trevor anyways I get it. you work harder than me all right i understand you work smarter than me i work harder than you that's just why we're a good podcast pair tomorrow who we got who we got on the running backs what are we doing tomorrow you say this like i have slack open deandre um, swift definitely him also Can't... wait we need to decide when when are we doing uh the vandy kid Keyshawn vaughn because we didn't have him listed yeah we get we're doing him uh 
Maybe, maybe tomorrow. Okay, we have DeAndre Swift, Kylan Hill of Mississippi State, Jonathan Taylor out of whiskey. That's tomorrow. Whiskey. A lot of, lot of, lot of fun in those guys. Um, I put up a Swift, poll. Man. I put up a poll on when was this Saturday on the TDN account. It was like who's, right. who's the top running back, and I didn't put Swift and Taylor on there on purpose to see how many people would say Swift and Taylor. And um, everyone, yeah, a lot of people said Swift and Taylor. Yeah. So I'm gonna tell you something right now. DeAndre Swift, high school, Philadelphia high school sports legend. I will love his tape regardless of what happens on it. Don't even care what it looks like. Great player. Well, we're going to get into that tape. We're going to get into his tape and everybody else's tape that we just mentioned tomorrow. And then the rest of the week, man, we are running through as many of these running backs as we possibly can because this class is loaded. So until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked On NFL Draft. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.